Welcome to The Threat Show, powered by Fletch. Hi, I'm Darren Kimlin, VP of Technology at Fletch. And joining me back this week is my co-host, Chris Wilder, Research Director and Senior Analyst at Tag Cyber. Hey, welcome back to the show, Chris. Darren, it's always good to be here, brother. Yeah, so it's been a crazy week. I think we've had so much activity this past week. There's a ton to talk about related to a new set of vulnerabilities, ransomware that's been in the news a ton this week. Let's actually dig in there in terms of what the landscape looks like. So if we look at comparative metrics for this week versus last week, we had a major spike last week. This week, it's kind of stabilized out a bit. That said, just because there's not new emerging threats does not mean that there's no new activity. In fact, what we've seen during this time frame is that a lot of existing threats have kind of converted more activity around specifically ransomware operations in this past week, bar none, compared to many other weeks before that. That's really kind of what's responsible for the conversions to trending and mainstream activity. And then we had a number of threats that kind of aged out where we haven't seen anything new from them in the past month. Chris, is this kind of tracking with what you're seeing on your end as well? Yeah, before this, we were talking about some of the, the cyclical nature of attacks and threats. They typically come in two-year Four years, some like the big critical infrastructure attacks typically have a 10-year life cycle where they become mainstream again. And but no, this is very much in line. I wish that the downward trend was because people were, you know, patching and <laughs> doing doing the right thing and building awareness and education within their companies and things like that. And they're starting to catch these, but I think it's just a natural low. Yeah, it makes sense. But let's dig into the details because there's a yeah. lot to cover this week. So yeah. we have another major vulnerability targeting an entire manufacturing line of wireless networking gear, and then a ton of just ransomware activity from many, many different groups. And we'll get into why that is. And what are some of the major questions that small, medium-sized businesses need to think about when dealing with this type of problem? First on our list is actually a new type of vulnerability that was published by CISA about a manufacturing entity called Ruckus Wireless. They actually manufacture a series of mid-tier wireless access points, networking gear that you would typically find in most small, medium-sized businesses. Unfortunately, all of that gear has a massive vulnerability that allows an attacker to basically get full remote code execution on any of these devices. So again, assuming you have defaults enabled on all of this gear, it's likely an attacker can fully compromise the gear and do whatever they want with it as they've got full ownership. And in fact, Fortinet researchers found that a new botnet has now cropped up compromising this gear and propagating using this vulnerability called the Andoriu bot, effectively. And it's not like we're talking about one or two products. When you look at the details of exactly how many products are vulnerable, we're talking like 10, maybe 15, maybe even 20 different products. Thankfully, the vendor has tried to release patches for some of the end-of-life gear, but unfortunately, if the gear is too old, it's likely not going to be patched. So you might actually have to swap it out for something different. This is a big set of, of issues, and it's likely going to get worse before it gets better. I'm curious, 
Chris, your thoughts here. Yeah, yeah, I was reading, I think it was earlier this week, they're estimating that half the traffic on the internet is bots. It's bot generated, <laughs> bot net generated. Some malicious, some, you know, some, some are very helpful, but you know, a lot of malicious bots out there, but they're estimating about half of the internet traffic right now is due to bots. Eurekus is a good company. I've been a fan of theirs for a long time and they're an engineer's company though. I mean, they they really do a good job of staying ahead, but their their products are incredibly well engineered. Mm-hmm. And when I first was looking at this one, Ruckus is really trying to make a big move into Edge on the RAN side, the radio access networks, which is how you do 5G. And they do a really good job in terms of density and putting devices out that are really good and the engineers love them, the network guys. And so I'm glad that they got this one I mean, before it turned into a big problem. But this is something that every Edge provider needs to really take into consideration is looking at the vulnerabilities, especially on a stranded asset like a RAN box or an edge device, because you can't just roll out a truck and, and fix it. You've got to have some way to be able to, to manage it. And this is these kinds of vulnerabilities we're going to see more and more. Absolutely. So, I mean, even if you are a small or medium-sized shop and you think, oh, I'll just buy a couple of devices, you have to yeah. think about, well, what's the probability there could be a problem in the future where you need to roll out a patch very quickly. Yeah, You can't go around to each location to fix this manually. It needs to be centrally managed in order to respond quickly. Well, I mean, that's where NetScout and ArborNet came from. They were coming out to specifically help branch offices deal with DDoS, anti-DDoS. And so it's a very meaty target. A lot of times the security is overlooked or it's just kind of part of a bigger program. But yeah, I think branch and these remote offices are going to be still very, very right targets. Edge devices. It's always the juicy target. It is. (laughs) So next on our list is actually an update on a historical action that happened back in September of 2021. The ransomware strain known as Babuk or Babuk. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but the source code back in September 2021 was actually leaked across a number of different private forums, which now Sentinel-1 researchers have found was responsible for spawning at least nine different ransomware variants based upon this. So it's interesting from one aspect where you see effectively a mutation here, where you see many different variants coming about. And in fact, as a result of these mutations, at least one of these variants is actually now gaining a lot of traction called RA group, which is, again, based off of the leaked source code mm-hmm. for this particular group. I don't think this is unique or new. I think these sorts of leaks have happened in the past, but by far, this has probably been the most prolific compared to past leaks of this caliber. What are your thoughts here, Chris? The irony is not lost on me that you've got a ransomware group that's complaining that their source code was stolen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no honor among thieves, right? Yeah, no honor among thieves. This one is interesting because this ransomware family is incredibly simple to modify the source code, make it a completely different attack. From a hacker perspective, the more you can modify and you can evolve it and the code's easy, you can easily, what is this, dorking or forking or borking? I can't remember what the right term on it is, but I think you can bork the code very quickly with one letter change and it becomes something completely different, albeit another strain if you want. 
it's funny because a lot of ransomware groups are now branching out, right? Yeah. They're getting more and more complicated. And when you have so many different chefs in the kitchen, that secret recipe is going to get stolen yeah. a lot easier, right? We talk about this a lot on the show is that these are businesses. They run their companies, you know, with P&L and there's companies that actually do all the management and affiliate management. And, you know, they're coming out with tools and technologies to manage your campaigns. The infrastructure is coming for these these companies. The business infrastructure is is changing. It's not just a bunch of guys with hoodies sitting in a closet. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said this uh, said this uh, that analogy, but we're getting to the point where these are real companies and they're real ongoing concerns. And yeah. Plus, going back to the economy is softening. People are losing their jobs. This is a pretty pretty easy way to make some money. And one of the ransomware affiliate concierge companies the, for the ransomware as a service, they're paying about 85% of the take out to that, yeah. to the person who's running those campaigns. So it's wow. pretty attractive if you get $5 million ransom, you get to get to keep 85% of it. Absolutely. So let's let's talk a little bit about the effects of some of these campaigns, honestly. Yeah. Most recently... The money message campaign, actually the, the same group that compromised MSI a couple of weeks back that we talked about, has now publicly announced that they've stolen roughly around 6 million patient records from Far America. They're still going through the process of figuring out the total impacts of this, but this is a huge deal, right? We're not talking like just small shops, small organizations getting hit with this. These types of groups go after any size company where they can make an impact, unfortunately. They're probably not the first nor the last in this type of attack. It used to be that nine times out of 10, the hackers would go out and they're indiscriminately just trying to they're scanning IP addresses. They're trying to just get in anything. And then once they're inside, then they realize, oh, God, this is who we hacked. But it's changing now. And it's not changing to changing their techniques to target very specific marketplaces. Right. And healthcare is still two to three X more likely to be compromised than any other industry just because it's a treasure trove of data, personal data. And so one of the big challenges that, that we run into, especially, you know, some of the folks that I deal with on, on the healthcare side is having a solid data classification process. Now, what I mean by that is you have to classify your data just much like you do in the military with top secret, secret, confidential information, mm -hmm. put the keys to the kingdom, wrap those up pretty tight. You have to have the data retention policies in terms of where do you keep it? How do you do it? Is there, are there data sovereignty laws that you have to deal with? Then the last thing is a purge and people forget about the purge policies. And right. with purging, you have to be able to go in and say, this data is completely irrelevant to me anymore because this patient was here. This is the day information we have about this patient when he was two years old and now he's 60. It's not, not right. relevant anymore. So there's a lot of data hygiene and a lot of infrastructure hygiene that the healthcare industry just, it's just, it's part of their purview, but it's, it's, you know, they talk about it, but the execution is, Hopefully this this world will get better because ransomware is is really, really becoming a massive problem, even more so than it was a month ago. So this is the, the first chapter of this particular yeah. breach, but another particular healthcare provider was also breached a little bit earlier and later on in their chapter. It looks like the Black Cat ransomware group compromised NextGen Healthcare a while back and the latest 
take of this particular breach is that the victim is now being faced with a lawsuit by all of the patients whose data was stolen as part of this breach. It's huge consequences, not just on the initial impacts, but all of the days, weeks, months, years that are kind of the fallout from this sort of activity. And it's extremely costly from trying to figure out not only what happened, but also how to manage and communicate this. I mean, just the costs alone of the cleanup involved is staggering, depending upon which industry vertical you're in, right? Oh, yeah. I'm currently working with a very, very, very large enterprise company. One of their third-party providers actually was breached by the Lekbasta Group, which is mm double extortion ransomware teams. Right. And we've talked about them a couple of times. What happened was this main big company is is 40 times larger than than the third party provider. They were just getting a whole bunch of BS from the other guys saying, you're not breached, you're not compromised, but their data was stolen. And so they're responsible for that because this is personal information for people. It's pension funds and investments and a lot of bad things that retired people need. So one of the challenges that we we went into this thing was, look, the blast radius is huge for you guys. You did not get breached. You did not. You did nothing wrong. But you are the ones who are going to be taking the hit from a reputation perspective and your brand and the trustworthiness. And so they're already gearing up right now. They've already spent, I think, twenty million in crisis communication. They did a great wow. job. With that. Amazing job with that. A lot of companies don't disclose very quickly. These mm-hmm. guys did. It took Ferrari three or four weeks to be able to disclose. So finally, somebody said, well, you've got GDPR. You have to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. So, so they did a great job with that, getting out in, in front of it. But they understand that they're going to be taking the brunt of it. So now they have to spend a bunch more money making sure that the garrison around the building is locked because they've seen about a 35 to 40% increase in the amount of reconnaissance being done on their network from bad actors. So it's it's a land and expand, plus it's a double extortion deal. So the one company paid off the ransomware, great. You know, everybody goes home and has a party. But six months later, these guys will come back and they will hit you again and again and again and again. It's a mess. And most big companies don't know how to deal with this. I don't think cybersecurity has been factored into the logic that most business leaders have when they try to set up partnerships and supply chains to deliver either valuable products or services to their customers. But it needs to be part of the conversation just because like what you said, right? Even if you do everything right in your organization and you have the best possible security controls, if a partner that's responsible for managing your brand suddenly gets breached, you're going to be dealing with a fallout of that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very high profile CISO that just recently was fired because of one of their third party vendors got breached, but the API connecting, <laughs> connecting the two organizations was not, but she didn't catch it. And so now she's looking for a new job. You're starting to see a lot of, a lot of companies right now taking the brunt of what happens to their supply chain. It's not easy. It it really isn't. There's so many different complexities here that managing this can be arguably a full-time job. Moving on, we had a number of new developments with other ransomware operations. One was apparently Cybel researchers discovered a new type of ransomware called Akira. Now, it's debatable whether or not this is actually brand new or not, but the effects are that they're going after 
essentially North American targets focused on education, healthcare, manufacturing, construction, and probably other industries eventually. But this is kind of like the early stages of potentially a new wave of, of ransomware focused in this group to be worthwhile. When we see source code leaked, it's only a matter of time before new variants pop up within a matter of, I don't know, weeks, months, maybe a couple of years. So this is probably not the last. It's more likely going to be the first of multiple different variants. They're getting worse and worse with this stuff. And the, the other side of that, too, is we're starting to see some more of these different ransomware families that actually go off and they can evade detection very well. That kind of goes back to better cyber hygiene internally and education, making sure that companies have anti-phishing solutions in place. There's so many fundamentals that have changed now that everything comes through your inbox and people don't think about it. And they, oh, it came from my friend, Bob. And OpenAI is going to change a lot of that too because it's making very sophisticated phishing campaigns that evolve very, very quickly if they don't get the desired effect. It's a whole new world, brother. Right. Yeah. And, you know, wrapping up our list, we had one final group. Bon Leon was essentially switching tactics recently, as reported by the FBI. Previously, they had gone after a number of different organizations in the U.S. and Australia, arguably pretty successful for a while to the point where a security company named Avast released a decryptor for their ransomware. Because of that, suddenly now they switched tactics to just simply extorting their victims, saying, hey, look, any data that we stole, we're going to leak it unless you pay us otherwise. So this is a final example of, okay, well, even if you manage to recover your data, even if you manage to clean them out of your network, you still have to deal with the potential fallout of well, what data did they steal and how is that going to impact your business? The funny thing about this particular group is that they were not very sophisticated. I mean, they were basically buying already stolen credentials to get into these organizations and compromise them, specifically through, I think, like remote desktop protocol, which is bizarre. But I think it's stranger than fiction in some ways, but I guess not that surprising. I'm kind of getting back to this whole data hygiene conversation. It's a bigger, broader conversation. We should probably find a good guest to come on and talk about this a little bit more. But mm -hmm. with data hygiene, there's a few things you can do to kind of keep yourself safe on this. Obviously, we talked about the data classification. I think micro-segmenting networks is a great way to go because if you can segment the data out into different pods or different areas, then you know at least you can protect there. And one of the emerging things that we're seeing is data sharding. There's companies out there like ShardSecure that are not just making the data cost lower and making the data more effective, but what it is, is, you know, data sharding is where you break up the data into smaller pieces and send it to different parts of the network. And then once that data comes, once the user needs it, it rebuilds itself and comes back. But when a hacker goes in, they just see little shards of data. There's a lot of things you could do from that perspective to protect yourself, but you're right. These, these things are just evolving and changing so fast. And now that we're seeing things like this going to extort immediately, bypassing the whole ransomware process, it is cause for great concern. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if rise in ransomware operations, specifically successful ones, kind of changes the calculus about the value of data, like the value of customer data for the longest time since modern cloud computing. Most businesses treat data as gold. They treat it as this 
valuable thing that they can do so much with it and for so many different insights based upon it. But there's a cost to managing that data, to protecting and securing that data. It used to be that when you talked about cost, it was like, all right, well, there's a storage cost or there's a compute cost. Yeah. But with ransomware, there's now the cost of, well, what's the probability that this data will get stolen in the future? And what sort of harm does this potentially cause our business? So to your point, potentially aggressively expiring or purging old data might make business sense because it reduces the total exposure to the business if a bad event like this happens. I don't think we've seen like regulations yet proposed in this direction, but lawmakers might start regulating in this area on an industry by industry basis, depending upon the sensitivity of the data involved. You're starting to see this it's manifesting itself right now in the cybersecurity frameworks. So NIST has recognized this. CIS has also recognized this, and especially around cloud security. So it is starting to manifest itself there, especially from a GRC perspective, government risk and compliance perspective. So it is it is happening. I don't think federally mandating this is going to help anyway, because the, the people who make our laws don't know how to spell data. <laughs> Still a series of tubes, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a clown show watching these these guys in Congress get educated on AI. It's like, oh my God, right. we don't need you anymore. So I don't, I don't think legislating good behavior is a way to do it, but I do think that the security frameworks will start leaning in on this pretty hard, which to me is a great thing to do. Until then, just know what you've got. If you don't know what you have, if you don't do inventory on your data and you don't know where it is and somebody's going to find it, I'd rather have it be you than a bad guy. Data inventory is another, probably should have put that in front too, but you know, data inventory is such a big thing. It's hard though. It's hard to do. And so it tends to be very daunting and only large companies tend to do it. But sometimes we do bonehead things and put credentials and PII into a document and send it to somebody and don't even think anything about it until next thing you know, you're compromised. And it's, it's funny because there's, sorry, I'll, I'll digress for a second if you don't mind, Darian. Sure. Um, I do this dopey walk with my dog every morning. We walk around the neighborhood. And he says hi to the trees. One of the commercials that I hear on the radio is a cybersecurity company. I can't remember who it is. But the commercial is these two hackers are like sitting in a coffee shop and they're having a great time. And the lady says, oh, man, I'm so sick and tired. I've got too many social security numbers that I got. And the other one said, oh, man, I've been dealing with mothers made names for the last two weeks. And the other girl says, well, where would you find them? She said, well, they're right over there by the password bar. And <laughs> I just thought it was poignant just because of the fact that it is really that casual now that you can go find this information and that's why data is so valuable. And from a, just a data breach perspective, it's about $5 million if you get breached internally. Mm-hmm. Cloud breaches are upwards of 14. It just depends on what type of data they can steal. So to answer your question, data is very valuable and they use it to correlate and build on it. And that's why you're seeing these title protection and credit mm-hmm. card protection and it just makes sense. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I think until people start thinking about data as instead of gold, maybe like radioactive gold might be another way to describe it. I like that because you got to put radioactive stuff somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yeah. you, you don't want to hang on to it forever, right? For just yeah. a short period of time is ideal, but... 
it's a whole nother area of conversation. So yeah, we covered the gamut today. Thank you so much, Chris. For our viewers, please let us know if you have other topics that you'd love for us to cover in future episodes, or if you'd like to have a conversation with us about any topics we've covered in the past. We'd love to hear from you. Please DM us at thethreatshow.com. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning into The Threat Show. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and interact with us on Twitter at The Threat Show. Also, be sure to subscribe to Fletch's interactive newsletter and Trending Threats app to go deeper into the stories we discuss and the threat index. Be sure to stay tuned to stay ahead of threats.